Okay, so we're going live. We're going very live, and we are definitely live. Hi, everyone, and welcome to live stream number 8384. Unfortunately, we had to reschedule one from yesterday. It will be coming up next week. I'm very excited to be with everyone today. As usual, welcome to the Data on Kubernetes community. You are always welcome here. And we have a lot of things going on, all right? So we have our co-located event for KubeCon coming up in October. We just closed the CFP yesterday. Thank you to everyone who sent in a CFP. Now we have to do the really fun part, which is debating about who's going to get in, who's not going to get in, or who can be used for a future session is what I would prefer to say. And, but once again, thanks to everybody who participated in that. We've also got a registration open for the co-located event. The schedule will be coming up very, very soon. The finalist speakers will be notified next week. We also have the DOK Students Day, the first time we're going to be doing this, an entire day dedicated to students or beginners, folks who are starting out with the data on Kubernetes technology stack. Um, we know this stuff's not easy, and so we want everyone to have as much resources, as many resources in terms of talks, in terms of panels, in terms of mentoring. So we'll have some news coming up about that as well. We'll be talking about that in our Twitter spaces tomorrow. And speaking of new stuff and special announcements, I have a very wonderful person with me today. His name is Sander, and he is the CEO of Red Cubes and a very important person. He is very important. very important, extremely important. And that word important is going to be very crucial today because he has an important announcement he's going to be making, but no spoilers. We'll get into that later. Sander, you are based in the Netherlands. That is correct. And where exactly? And can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Welcome. Exactly. Well, in, uh, in the center of uh, the Netherlands, in Utrecht, Utrecht, Utrecht. And about myself, uh, well, I live here in Utrecht, uh, just a couple of blocks away from the office. So that's um, very nice. I do come with car, by the car every day, because I'm very lazy. Um, and I live here in Utrecht uh, together with my girlfriend and my six-year-old daughter, who a couple of days uh, went to the, what is it, uh, third, fourth grade? I don't know how you call it in English. but uh, Oh, don't worry. It's okay. She's growing up and she's doing well. That's the most important here. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. And it, can you just tell us a little bit about your technological background? How did you start out? Was it through studying? Was it through a friend? How did this whole journey begin? Well, this is a, that's going to be a long story because um, I didn't went to school. Yeah, I dropped out on high school, uh, I think. So I didn't went to, to college and university. That's something I did in uh, later on in the evenings. I wouldn't recommend it because it's very hard. It took me like uh, eight years. That is hard. Um, but, good, uh, but good for but good for you for doing it, and it also shows that it, you know a degree isn't necessarily the only thing you can have to bring to the table. No, I uh, I almost finished uh, my master, but then I got um, I got a few topics uh, to do my what is it my the, the final scription what, uh, uh, Oh, like thesis, yeah. yeah. Thesis, yeah. And then I thought, my God, I'm not going to spend my time on those uh, stupid uh, uh, topics, so uh, I'll skip. So I didn't finish it, my master. <laughs> it's all good. What, anyway, what, but what were you doing your master's degree about? What, 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 about computer science or something different? Yeah, I did. Uh, first, I started out with uh, uh, technical computer science with a lot of uh, math, uh, programming, and I uh, soon experienced that uh, wasn't really my thing. I, I don't have the like uh, math knob, you know? Mm -hmm. I can do some programming, I can understand it, but don't ask me to build anything. Anyway, uh, then I moved on to uh, more on the IT and management uh, level. And oh, that was a uh, very um, uh, learning. Yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway, then, let's. And so uh, since then? Yeah. Yeah, well, since then, uh, I started with. Uh, uh, so when I dropped out of uh, high school, I went into the army. Okay. So I've been uh, like a professional um, in the professional military for six years done a lot of stuff uh, been in bosnia in 1994 oh wow and then uh um yeah i got into the the technology and um technology part in the, in the army and okay. then i thought uh, well let's make a jump into the no more normal uh, civilization and that was around 1998 or so and since then i've been working in it for the first years for a couple of uh, big uh, companies, insurance companies, and uh, later on, I think the last 12 years, I worked as a freelance IT consultant. Okay. And, and that, then... also, um, that also got bored. So I thought, <laughs> uh, let's do something else. And then uh, I run into a smart guy and I thought, hey, this is uh, the, the, the chance because right? uh, he can do something I can't and I can do something he can't. So we started uh, Red Cubes. 
Okay, very good. So you found a smart guy. What is the thing that you can do that others can't? What I can do what others can't? Whoa, that's a good uh, question. Um, uh, I'm good at uh, having the complete overview. And so don't ask me to, to fix like a, a specific issue, but I can very uh, fast say, well, that issue is related to, to another issue or to something else. So in a much broader perspective. Yeah, that's good. What we say, what we say is, I, I wonder why you say this in Dutch, is don't lose the forest for the trees. You know, so having that sort of holistic global view. How do yeah. you say that in Dutch? How do you say that in Dutch, by the way? Um, there I don't must know. be an expression. There must <laughs> be an expression. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Focusing on the big picture, I guess. Is the in idea. Analyst. Uh, okay. Okay. That's good. Generalist or whatever. Yeah. 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 But I think, I think, I think what it also goes to show is that because sometimes people have a sort of an obsession of like, I have to be perfect in this or in that. When in reality, like you said, we need, we need folks that have all different kinds of views. And in your case, having that global sort of view of keeping that going. So when did Red Cubes get started? We started in 2019. So it's okay. almost uh, two and a half years ago. And uh, since we started, I think well, the last couple of two years, the, the only thing we've been doing is uh, building, 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 and working with a couple of uh, uh, launching uh, customers yeah, to gain a lot of uh, experience from their side to improve their product. And I think we're now uh, almost at a point where we can say, oh, now we're serious. Well, we're convinced eh, that if we drop this uh, outside eh, into the world, that um, uh, it's going to get uh, going to make a chance. Because, uh, and I'll get into the details, it's so um, yeah, fucking complex. Yeah, there's so many moving parts and it took us a really long time to get everything working as, a, as we have now. Okay, yeah. And so was that process perhaps more complicated than you expected? As complicated as expected? Yeah, way more complicated than I expected. I think in the beginning, I thought that uh, we could build uh, what we have now in like, uh, well, half a year, a year, and we're already like uh, uh, two years on the road now. Okay. And that being said, you're going to show us today some of the things you've accomplished in those two years. So if you want to start your presentation, we can go for it right now. Uh, yeah, let me see. Yeah. How can I share this? Yeah, at the bottom, you should have a green button. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Perfect. I'll uh, start with a presentation and then uh, drop on to the to another screen. Okay. Yeah. And as and as usual for folks in the audience. Oh, and we're already getting comments in Dutch that I'm not even going to try to read. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, no, um, don't worry. But uh, but anyway, as usual, folks, if you have questions or doubts, please feel free to put them in the chat. We'll get to them accordingly. Are the questions about the colors? <laughs> no, no, no. I know the colors are cool. Huh. I, I no, I definitely like the colors. Colors are cool. Okay, then uh, I'm going um, really fast uh, through this uh, presentation because I um, uh, I prepared some uh, a small demo. I hope it works because uh, I was very busy today, um, but um, we'll uh, we'll see. And so let me do a quick introduction into Otomi because that is how we call our product. And we've been thinking for a long time uh, about what is Otomi and uh, I think in the Kubernetes space, eh, there's a lot of, um, how do I say that? There's a lot of um, activity, a lot of companies and trying to claim their own like a category because eh, uh, you probably hear, uh, hear a lot of, um, about uh, like uh, internal developer platforms or enterprise uh, container platforms, uh, Kubernetes management um, platforms and whatever. So uh, we were thinking, hey, what is, what is it that we do? Because eh? it is not like a, an add-on. We don't manage uh, a Kubernetes cluster infrastructure. We are just trying to uh, make uh, Kubernetes, like a, uh, offer it like a, a complete um, environment. Yeah? So we use the uh, Kubernetes, um, uh, Kubernetes as, as the kernel. And we try to build a kind of, um, if you compare it to, to like Linux, uh, like a, a Linux distribution. So uh, easy install, uh, integrated applications, uh, works out of the box, just install it, log in and uh, go ahead. Anyway, um, so we call it a Kubernetes based operating system. 
because um, you probably all know that uh, Kubernetes is gaining a lot of popularity and it's uh, already being like the standard for container orchestration, but Kubernetes is still uh, very complex and not developer friendly. And it comes with an overload of add-ons and applications. And that is what we see uh, happening now. So uh, a lot of companies adopting uh, Kubernetes but uh, Kubernetes alone is just not enough. Eh? So they're all trying to build some kind of platform on top of um, uh, Kubernetes. And I know companies that, uh, yeah, uh, it takes them a very long time yeah, to build some kind of platform experience on top of uh, Kubernetes. Also, when you think about uh, like a developer onboarding or team onboarding and uh, doing a lot of uh, integrations between different applications. So what we um, uh, try to do, oh, that's the next stop. And so it makes it, uh, it looks like um, uh, easy, but it is so freaking complex. And what we try to uh, do is, there's the next slide. I'll skip this one, because uh, you probably all know. And eh? so the big problem around uh, Kubernetes is that it's really consuming and expensive to adopt because it takes a lot of time. And it's still very complex to maintain, not only the Kubernetes infrastructure, that's something we don't do, but everything, uh, the, your whole uh, application uh, suite on top of uh, Kubernetes, and let alone uh, that it is not really developer friendly. So that is how we came uh, uh, building uh, Otomi. So we started out trying what I think a lot of uh, uh, companies are trying to do, build a, a platform on top of um, on top of uh, Kubernetes. But then we thought, um, yeah, that's, that's the, the whole approach that's uh, like on the next slide, is what we're trying to do here is um, not only offer like a, a new uh, like user experience, uh, but also do a lot of um, uh, built-in uh, integrations that work out of the box. So it's like a single installation and then uh, you can log in and start uh, using all the integrated applications. And what we're here, uh, what we're trying to do is to uh, eliminate the toil because eh, all of the, those uh, integrations that you need to build and maintain yourself in the end is gonna be like very complex and hard to maintain. And um, we're also trying to make it very easy to install so you can install Otomi on any uh, cloud. Uh, currently we support uh, AWS, Azure and uh, Google Cloud, but you can, so you can run, you can run it on uh, managed Kubernetes um, uh, uh, cluster services, but you can also run it on Kubernetes clusters that you deployed yourself like uh, using uh, uh, COPS on AWS. And we're trying to make um, developers self-surfing yeah, so they can um, uh, do a lot of stuff themselves. Sorry, I need to take a sip. Not a problem. Just... As I told you, it was a long day with a lot of That's people okay. talking. Yeah, a lot of talking, it's all good. <laughs> Questions. So I hope you can see this um, uh, in, in, in the right or in the left for, for other people. Uh, uh, you can see that uh, we're just uh, running uh, on, on top of uh, a Kubernetes, on a managed Kubernetes cluster, for, in, cluster, for instance, uh, in, uh, in, in a cloud. And that is where we deploy uh, Otomi. And Otomi um, is um, it's a whole suite of integrated applications. So we have a lot of um, charts uh, in, in the back that we use that we uh, all optimized. And there's a lot of integration um, uh, done between all of those different applications. Like for instance, between uh, Keycloak and Istio and uh, Keycloak Istio Harbor uh, for, for single sign-on between a lot of uh, applications. And what we basically do is that we offer a, a console. And so developers can use the console to create uh, services and access all the applications. And using the console and the API, you can generate um, uh, configuration values. And those values are then injected into the, the, the charge automatically. But um, when you install Otomi, you will get like a, a, base, uh, a base configuration profile yeah, that we already uh, set up. 
So you're getting all the applications uh, pre-configured uh, when you install them. And we tried to configure them so we could support like the, yeah, the most common DevOps use cases. So uh, setting up ingress, uh, doing single sign on, uh, certificate management, image management, image scanning, uh, a lot of other stuff. <coughs> and uh, we also have a, a part called automate tasks and the automate tasks is, well, they're really like jobs and they constantly watch the, the desired configuration and they change the state of the specific applications. So like, uh, for instance, uh, Harbor. So when I log in as a new user, uh, the platform doesn't, doesn't know me and uh, the jobs or the task will make sure that I'm uh, known within those uh, applications. Or when I create a team, uh, the task will make sure that the, the team will get a, a project in Harbor. So we're using like, uh, yeah, I, say, I said here 25, but it's probably more. Uh, we're, we're, we really selected the application that we think uh, also together combined and integrated are the, the, the best choice. And now you might say that it's, um, uh, it's our opinion. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Um, but we offer a lot of uh, uh, stuff already uh, uh, pre-configured, so ready to, to use out of the box. But it's uh, not, um, uh, we're not locking you up. As you can, it's, uh, the, it stays completely open. So you can add your own applications or because the, the core, uh, Otomi core is also open source. So you can also add um, uh, new applications into the core. <coughs> and Otomi runs uh, natively on Kubernetes. So we're not um, uh, depending on any specific uh, cloud uh, services. We run everything on Kubernetes. And that makes it also um, uh, ideal for to be like cloud agnostic because you can deploy something on Otomi on Azure and then move it towards uh, AWS, for instance. And you don't need to, to do any change because um, the Otomi uh, the, the, the whole suite of integrated applications in, in Otomi is completely uh, cloud agnostic. I think I need to go faster, otherwise we'll don't have a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because you'll get to you'll get to explain all this stuff, you know, directly when you when you get into the demo. <coughs> so this is um, uh, very short the the console. And I'll show you in a minute. And the console has uh, platform applications. So Otomi um, has uh, predefined, uh, we have predefined multiple roles. As so you have a, a platform uh, admin role or team admin role or a team member. And when you log in as a platform admin, you'll have access to the platform application. So when I log in, I can uh, go to like uh, Keycloak, for instance, as an administrator or I can go um, to Harbor and then Harbor knows, hey, you're part of that role. So you'll have the administration options in Harbor. And um, so we have the platform applications that you can see here, but I'll show you uh, in a second. And uh, we have a lot of um, uh, platform settings uh, like uh, you can configure new DNS zones or add additional clusters. So you can switch easily between clusters and clouds. Uh, and also, um, uh, already built in uh, security policies. So a uh, part of Otomi Core is uh, we're, we're using Gatekeeper and we, we already have a lot of uh, policies pre-configured that you can just select, turn on or off. And then we have uh, the, the Teams uh, functionality and Teams are like, um, it's not real multi-tenant, I think more soft tenant. Uh, so we're not separating Teams on uh, physical no on, on nodes. But each team will, of course, have its own namespace. But when you create a team uh, with uh, Otomi, it will not only create a namespace, no, it will also, um, in the back, um, make everything ready for the team to work on the, on the platform. So it will uh, uh, deploy the Istio gateways uh, or configure the Istio gateways, uh, uh, deploy and create the Istio virtual services. So, uh, everything for Istio and Ingress is already automatically created. A team will get access to Harbor, 
uh, a team will get access to a space in Vault that they can directly access. They will get their own applications uh, for like uh, uh, dashboards uh, for logging completely um, uh, separated. So when I log in uh, as a member of team A and I'm not part of, um, uh, I'm not, not a member of team B, I cannot access the team B and I cannot access the logs of team B. I cannot see the whole, uh, I cannot see the team. So we can uh, enable uh, multiple teams to work on the same cluster next to each other without them even noticing. And um, I forgot the services part, which I will show in a minute. And we also have uh, a jobs that you can use to create uh, Kubernetes jobs or, uh, or cron jobs. And we have uh, secrets and secrets. Um, what we do is you can uh, create a, like a pool secret or a generic secret or TLS secret in, uh, in Vault and then map that to the, the Otomi configuration. And then you can use it in services or in jobs. I think I already uh, explained this a little bit huh, about the teams, about the namespaces yeah. and Vault and et cetera, et cetera. So I won't go into that. And now to the more exciting part is um, Otomi Core was already open source. And uh, so was uh, Otomi Task and Otomi Clients. So we have, I think in total, Otomi um, is um, built about around five projects. So it's the core, it's the tasks, it's the client, it's the API and the, and the console. And we're th still thinking about also making the uh, console and the API uh, open source, although it's not really exciting. Uh, the most exciting part is the Otomi Core project. And uh, that was already made open source. So um, previously we had uh, two versions. We had the community edition that was um, basically um, uh, these uh, three uh, projects. So, so around Otomi Core. And we had an enterprise edition. And in the enterprise edition, we offered the uh, console with the cell surface uh, features. And the community edition uh, was, um, uh, then you needed to, to, to write your values uh, yourself. But then we thought, yeah, uh, what, we're, what we're trying to do uh, is uh, from the uh, more Linux distribution uh, technology is we wanna offer a solution. Oh my God. <coughs> Don't worry, take your time. Then we thought um, yeah, we wanna offer an out of the box experience with, uh, if you compare it uh, to, the, to, to the Linux uh, distribution analogy uh, with a desktop experience and uh, integrated um, and built in applications so that you can install it and uh, it runs uh, and you can use it. And of course, like any other Linux distribution, it is free. So we thought, yeah, uh, now we don't have the, uh, the console uh, as in the free version, well, that is uh, what uh, yeah what we're trying uh, to offer. Uh, so that is the, the promise. So we decided to skip the enterprise edition. <coughs> so from we're going to officially announce it. Uh, the, well, the plan was this week, but it's going to be like a beginning of next week. We're going to uh, announce that uh, Otomi is now like completely free. So there's no enterprise edition anymore. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> free stuff. Free stuff is good. Oh, this is actually, this brings me to an interesting point of cultural debate. Does the word gratis come from Spanish or does it come from Dutch? Gratis. Um, yeah, we've been Spanish for, I don't know, 60 years, 80 years. Huh? Yeah. Spanish. Another another question: Were the windmills <laughs> built by the Dutch, or were they built by the Spanish? Oh, I think uh, by the Dutch. No, that's what that's what I've heard too. But some Spanish people like to. Because <laughs> I think uh, then there were no Spanish uh, people anymore in, in the Netherlands, so it should, yeah. it should be the Dutch. Yeah, I know. But anyway, just just a funny side note it has nothing to, only only touching on that. That's it. Cool. Oh, but that was, um, that was the big uh, announcement. Well, that's big. big. That's big. And that's, I think, as, as an organization as well, too, 
did, did it make you more confident perhaps interacting with other open source companies and seeing that this is the way to go or how did that sort of decision come about um yeah it's um when i look back in, in to the to the last one and a half year it's been like a, a constantly um yeah, a travel and uh, trying to figure out because every startup needs to have like a business model right and we've been shifting around trying to find what is like uh, our best um, uh, business model. And of course, uh, um, we started out with the enterprise edition and with the, the self-surface uh, features, but we have a roadmap going towards next year. And then we're going to add uh, more additional features that are way more uh, enterprise uh, focused. And so like on uh, the operation uh, part or mm -hmm. on, uh, you need to think about what, what we're uh, trying to come up with now is um, more on the automation. Yeah? So we're, we want to come up with uh, some kind of SRE agent yeah? that is okay. on, the, on the platform and that uh, is aware about the, the, the setup. Yeah? So aware about the profile you're using but it monitors a lot of different stuff and then come up, comes up with uh, suggestions uh, to say, hey, maybe uh, take uh, Istio, for instance. Uh, Istio is not something you can uh, uh, deploy or install and configure and then you're done. No, it's constantly tweaking, monitoring. So uh, we offer an out-of-the-box solution, but if you're going to deploy a lot of uh, services, you need to uh, tune it. Yeah? And that's not something we can do because we don't know. So well, we want to offer like uh, features that um, are aware yeah, of what is happening after setup and then comes up with uh, suggestions to improve your configuration. All right. So in the basis, uh, the enterprise edition that we offered now, uh, yeah, is is not adding real value into that. Yeah? So we decided uh, we, want to, we would just want to make it uh, completely free so everybody can use it because it already has yeah, so much uh, uh, advantages. Yeah, I'm really, really unlocking the potential. I get it, that sounds good. So let's uh, show. Let's show looks. it, let's do it. How that looks like. Perfect. So um, I told you I was really, little busy today, but I had, I found the time to set up uh, two uh, clusters. Let's see if they, yeah, they're active. Uh, I don't need to log in. I have uh, a cluster set up in, uh, what is it here? You can see it. It's in AWS. It's an EKS cluster. And I've got an AKS uh, cluster. And well, this is um, when you deploy uh, Otomi, that's, uh, that's a chart install nowadays. We're going to release it, I hope, uh, beginning of next week. So then it's a single chart install with uh, minimal value. So the only uh, dependency we, dependencies we still have is we require a DNS zone. So you always need to have a DNS zone, but uh, like a COPS always also requires a DNS zone. And uh, we still uh, dependent on an Active Directory. So in this case, I'm using Azure Active Directory for uh, as a identity provider. But we're uh, trying to come up with uh, in a couple of months is that we're going to use um, a key cloak also as an identity provider. So you don't have like a uh, dependency on an Azure Active Directory because yeah, not everybody has an Active Directory, right? So um, after installing and uh, after this, I can show you how that looks like because it's a yeah, single chart install takes um, about half an hour, depending on uh, which applications you selected to install. So in this case, here you can see, because uh, as I told you before we started, uh, I ran out of uh, uh, production certificates, so I'm using staging certificates, but um, that um, uh, uh, permits me, uh, what's the word? Uh, that uh, doesn't let me use uh, a lot of applications. Oh, that's okay. So, we got a quick question. We, sorry, we got a question though. Yep. Uh, it feels someone's, uh, this is from Benoit, who's a wonderful community member and an SRE. 
And he asks, it feels to me a bit like Rancher, also open source with, I always get confused, is it Seuss or Suse or Suze uh, backing? What differentiates Atomy from Rancher? Yeah, um, I think uh, then you need to wait a couple of minutes because- uh, <laughs> Patience, then, Benoit. Yeah, that's okay. Then I can <laughs> show it. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Um, okay, that's, that's good to frame it so we can see the, yeah. the, the, the differences over there, the contrast. Okay, what, uh, what I tried to explain in the beginning uh, is that in the, in the, the Linux distribution analogy, yeah? so uh, simple install um, and then login, and then you're ready to go. And in our case, that means that we have, we have a lot of uh, built-in applications. So you can see here a couple of them. Uh, so we were using um, uh, Prometheus, Istio, uh, Knative, uh, Vault, Harbor, Keycloak, and all of those applications are already um, um, uh, pre are prepared for you. Yeah? So they are already configured. So when you install Otomi, all of these applications are ready, ready to go. So when I click on Grafana, you'll see we already provided a lot of uh, dashboards. This, this is on the platform uh, level. Uh, um, and they're all done. So you don't need to install uh, Prometheus or Havana and configure it or configure it uh, for a single sign-on or whatever. This, is, uh, this comes uh, out of the box. The same for, uh, well, we use uh, Keycloak. And when you install uh, Otomi, it uh, already uh, creates the roles. Uh, it creates using the values in the chart, of course, the identity provider. So in this case, uh, when I did uh, the chart install, I told uh, the uh, I told Otomi, hey, these are the the values to configure my identity provider. And then uh, during the install, uh, not only was a keycloak installed, but it was already configured. So it runs because here I logged in into the, on the platform using uh, the Azure Active Directory, configured in, uh, in Keycloak as an identity provider. Same for Vault. You, you don't need to install Vault or configure it. That's already done. I hope that already answers the question. Yeah, so in the, in the back, and that is all part of Otomi Core, is where you were heavily depending on uh, Istio and Knative, but you don't need to install Istio. That's already done. And you don't need to configure it. You don't need to do, yeah, of course, as I said, uh, when you're uh, uh, deploying a lot of applications, you need to tweak it a little bit. And I'll show you in a minute how that works. Um, but out of the box, uh, it is already um, uh, set up for you. So what I've done, an hour ago is I created two teams because creating a team can take uh, some time. Well, time, uh, let me show you and try to explain how the internals work. So when I create a team, so I can, as a, an admin, I create, can create a team. Oh, well, well, why not? So let's not just do it. I'll create a team called, um, Okay, I won't add an, a group mapping, but when I create a team, I can say, okay, uh, this team wants to receive alerts on Slack, for instance, and then they will only receive alerts for their team. I can add uh, resource quotas uh, for the team, and I can provide them uh, with uh, cell servers. So here I can say this team is allowed to configure uh, Ingress. So. Um, based on the group mapping uh, and a user log logs in and he's a member of the, the, the group that is mapped to this team, he uh, will um, he can log in and uh, access the team space. He will see a different console, it's a, it's a different color, and you will not see the platform apps. Uh, it will only show you the apps on the team level. So when I create a team, each team will get its own applications. So in this case, a team will get a couple of uh, dashboards only for their own resources. So not on the platform level, only on the team level. And um, I cannot show you because uh, I'm using staging certificates, so this doesn't work. But uh, a team can directly access their own space in a shared uh, vault instance. And they will have access to Prometheus, so they can see directly the status of, uh, of the targets. And this is also interesting uh, when, uh, and that's the next step, when I create a service, 
um, Otomi already automatically act, uh, uh, configures uh, black box exporter monitoring on the, on the endpoints. And the same for uh, logging. So oh, already, I don't know what, always had a demo. That's why I have two clusters so I can always switch in case of an emergency. Good run. <laughs> Hey, so I'm wow. now that's exciting. Yeah, a different different cluster and a different team, but it's about um, the, the concept. Eh? So uh, uh, teams will get access to their own logs, uh, their own dashboards for their own resources. They will have their own Prometheus instance or have their own alert manager. And when you create the, the team uh, here, it is uh, in the back doing all of this for you. So it's installing um, uh, all of these instances, is doing all the, uh, the, the Ingress and Istio configuration, configuring the, uh, the, the gateways, everything. Just by, and we can try and see how that works because I was trying to do it. Let's uh, create a team. We don't need to add anything else. I would just say submit, and then you will see here, deploy changes slides up. And I will click deploy changes and now pray that it works. And you'll see here it's scheduled for deployment. So it's scheduled for deployment to create the team. And now I'm going to go to GT because what happens in the back is that uh, the API created configuration for this team. So you can see here uh, there's, uh, we called, uh, we created the team called uh, DOK. You, so you'll see here a file called jobs DOK and services uh, DOK. And when I go back, you'll also see here secrets team. So all the teams have different uh, passwords and they're all encrypted. Eh? So we're using SOPs. So you cannot see the um, uh, passwords in plain text in the configuration. They're all encrypted. You can use the CLI, but it's a different story to, to access the, the values and decrypt them. But um, what happens is that the API creates uh, these um, uh, configuration values. And uh, of course, then it will also do a commit and the commit will automatically trigger a pipeline and it's already in a test. Oh, it's already deploying. And this is gonna take a couple of minutes, I think, because here you will see what's, um, what's happening. So uh, the API created the configuration values and the configuration values are now in, injected into, the, into all of the charts. And the, the charts are then uh, executed in this pipeline. And this will result in a new state yeah, but all the, 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 the configuration that we've created is in, uh, in, uh, in code in here. Well, there's uh, nothing yet, because if we go to the services DOK, you'll see it's empty because we haven't created any service that we can do in a minute. Uh, but I can show you an example of another service that already has, or another team that already has a service and here you will see the code that is created when I cre created a service called Nginx. And I can show you in a minute uh, where we can uh, try and deploy this one. So this is uh, the code of a service that has been generated by the API. And it uh, says uh, it's a service called Nginx and the security contacts are added because we're using a lot of policies in the back here. So you need to run as user. And this is the tag and some limits and requests and type public. And then this is sufficient to deploy the um, uh, Nginx uh, image uh, using Knative, uh, so with autoscaling and make it public with a public URL. This is going to run for a couple of minutes, uh, I think. And now here you'll see that uh, the team DOK is being created and hopefully maybe I need to refresh. The DOK team is now also here available and has its own applications. 
Well, I think uh, they're not all ready yet because uh, the pipeline is still running and creating all the resources. But in a couple of minutes when it's done, the, the team is uh, completely created. And then uh, I'll switch over to my demo team because here I already created a couple of uh, services. What we can do is uh, create another one called like a service called DOK. So now I'm, I'm creating a uh, what we call a service and a service consists out of uh, two parts. So the, the first part is the exposure, uh, English configuration, where I can say, okay, I'm now I'm going to create a service and I want to make it public. And the only thing I need to do is say, make it public because um, uh, the configuration already has a DNS zone configured and it will automatically say, okay, then I'll call, uh, I'll name this service provided with the host name called uh, dok.teamdemo, but I can also say, well, uh, no, just call it um, hello, for instance. I'm gonna do it here. And I can also say, I wanna do path forwarding, or I can say, hey, put a single son on the front of it. And then what happens in the back, it will um, uh, um, uh, configure the uh, OAuth2 proxy. And in this case, so it will configure the, the whole uh, Ingress, uh, including all the Istio uh, resources, and also, of course, do a DNS uh, registration. So create a DNS record, create a certificate, configure the Ingress gateway. Everything is done in uh, automatically. And so that was the um, uh, exposure part. And now is the service type. And here you can choose uh, three. So you can say, Oh, uh, I just want to expose like an existing Kubernetes service that I already deployed myself. And then you need to make sure that the name of the service is the same uh, as uh, the service that you created. So that's like a regular Kubernetes uh, service. Uh, so you did a deployment um, or created a deployment manifest, um, probably an HPA uh, and a Kubernetes service. And here you can uh, map that service that Kubernetes uh, service onto Otomi, and then Otomi will configure uh, everything to make it public. Or you can say, I already have an existing Kubernetes service, or in this case, I want to create a new one. And then we can use uh, Otomi and say, hey, let's uh, deploy this one. And I think it tag is um, stable. Because here you need to be very careful because um, uh, you need to run as user. So that means that the image you're deploying here also needs to support to run as a user. In this case, uh, 1001. Or if it is a, another one, you can change it here. Uh, or say, uh, uh, make a read-only root file system. Before I deploy it, you can see here that the team is already created. So this um, is done. So the team is created. So now we're going to, yeah, we can go into all of the other configuration uh, uh, parts. But as you can see, you can uh, change the limits, the requests, you can add uh, environment variables, uh, secrets, secrets that are in Vault uh, and mapped into the Otomi configuration or add uh, configuration files. And in this case, I think uh, it's um, the image uses 8080. So I need to specify the container port of the image I'm uh, deploying here. And then I can say submit and deploy. And you'll see drone is lighting up and it's uh, starting to deploy. Well, I can already show you how that looks like because I did it uh, before we started to make sure that it worked in this case. And I created a demo service and an Nginx service. And it's, yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, so I just said, uh, uh, this uh, service is called demo, make it public. Uh, this is uh, the image and run it for me. And on the team level, you can see, uh, I've got uh, three services created now. And you can also see here uh, the host name of the service. And this is all, yeah, uh, done automatically and it runs. So in a few clicks, I can deploy um, 
yeah, deploy an image. Well, this is gonna take, uh, I think also a couple of minutes, but we can watch when it's done. Let's uh, move on to uh, some more other stuff. So on the, on the platform level, you can configure the alerts on the platform level. Uh, you can add multiple DNS zones and uh, also the provider you're using. In this case, we're running on AWS. This are Sorry, one thing. One thing really quickly about the alerts because we had a we had a nice live stream last week with um, uh, someone who's on the CRE team in in Google and was talking about how one of the problems with alerts is just <clears throat> not you know a lack of proper configuration, a lack of paying it you know really giving giving them the care that they deserve. How is this approached in 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 Automy? Oh, um, as I tried to explain, is that we're, um, when you deploy Automy, we're uh, delivering you with um, a base profile, yeah? base configuration profile. So in this case, Alert Manager is uh, configured yeah? based on the, um, on the configuration you can also see here. And so I can add a, a Slack for receiving my alerts or Microsoft Teams or email. And of course, uh, we also provide um, a couple of um, uh, 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 what is it uh, called in Prometheus uh, that generates the alerts? I don't know exactly. Uh, but when we deploy, um, when you deploy Otomi, so you will get um, a Prometheus alert manager, Hafana, Loki, everything running out of the box. But it, um, it, we're not locking you up. Yeah? So if you're uh, confident using um, uh, Prometheus, you can add your own alerting rules. And the only uh, uh, issue then is that you need to uh, maintain them yourself because they're not uh, added into the configuration code. Although, and now you're jumping into a, an interesting topic because you can see here in the uh, Automy values, we have the chart configuration. Yeah. And these, oh, these are not all the values because you can imagine it based on all the charts that we're using, that in total we have thousands of values. And these are um, uh, the values of uh, Otomi values are all, all controlled by a, um, a schema and that's also used by the API. That's why I said there'll be the API in a console are not that interesting because they're completely schema driven. And so the Otomi values schema defines um, the, the values that can be used. And these are the values that, that we, um, uh, uh, that you can in Automy are already used to configure all of the uh, integrated applications. But uh, so let's take, for instance, um, let's see what is a good example Nginx. You can see here uh, we don't have uh, that much uh, values that are um, uh, uh, added into the schema. So, what you can do is you can, um, this is just a Git repository. Yeah? So, Gitty also deployed and configured for you. You can just clone the values, adjust the values and add your own um, uh, values for that uh, Nginx uh, uh, into the configuration. You understand? Yeah, 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 good, good, good. Sorry, my mic was off. Yep. Ah, sorry. sorry, my bad, then, <laughs> they don't wanna leave you hanging. But that's a different story because um, we also have um, a CLI and so, uh, everything that I've shown you here, that you can also do you do uh, using the CLI. But then you install Automy, uh, you pull the, the values, you decrypt them with your um, uh, with the SOPs, and then you can uh, change the configuration values. Uh, completely supported with uh, uh, Visual Studio, um, so you'll have uh, what it's called auto completion, and so, and you can create your own uh, configuration values. And then um, using the CLI, you can commit them to uh, Dugiti uh, or even run them uh, locally. Well, there's a lot of uh, options. So if you go to otomi.io, you will see in the docs, there's a CLI. Now you can install the CLI and all the CLI command reference. So everything that you can do with Otomi, you can also do using the CLI. Oh, in this case, you see that the service I created is ready. Let's uh, 
see if it is because it probably takes a couple of minutes because you need to do the DNS registration and the certificate. Ah, it's already running. Yeah, so the DOK servers we I just created is now running. Well done. Well done in a demo on top of it, no pressure. Yeah, and I, uh, I was uh, halfway through the settings so this is also, um, uh, oh yeah, you, you asked something about the alerting. Eh? Well, yeah. so the, 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 the values, which because beneath the only thing that the console does is it, it creates values, eh? configuration values for you. And those values are then injected. So all the alerting configuration is in, injected when installing the uh, alert manager chart. And um, we also have, Oh, this is the whole ONC configuration. Mm -hmm. uh, I can add additional clusters. And that's um, pretty handy because on this level, you will see I have clusters. So what I did is I added an additional cluster. So I'm now working on the DEF EKS cluster in AWS. And I added an additional cluster called Demo AKS on Azure. And by adding this as an additional uh, cluster, I can switch directly from my AWS cluster to my Azure cluster. And now I'm on the Azure cluster that doesn't have an additional cluster configuration. Yeah, but like you said, really provides that flexibility and, and avoiding that lock-in sensation. Yeah, so one interface, and here I'm on uh, AWS, and here I'm on uh, uh, Azure, where I can also create uh, teams. And when I create the additional uh, cluster, you can set the context in the console. So I can, uh, I'm now in the context of the AWS dev cluster on the team demo, and I can switch to the Azure demo cluster. Well, it also only has one team, and now I'm in the context of uh, the Azure demo cluster for the team demo. And I can, well, <laughs> this cluster doesn't have the additional cluster configured, so I cannot switch back. Uh, but um, in this case, we have um, uh, uh, companies that are using or are running like uh, six, seven clusters, and wow. they log in into one and switch from one to the other. Yeah. And uh, talking about the um, uh, cloud agnostic, when I, when you create a, a team, uh, just like we did, and a service, oh, not on this cluster. Wait a minute, because now I'm losing track on where I am. That's okay. This is, uh, yeah, this is the one where we created the DOK team, and it has... Oh, or didn't we? No, we created a service in the demo team, I think, uh, here. Yeah, so when we just created the DOK service, this one, I can also uh, copy paste this one, and this is on the EKS cluster, and then um, move to the AKS on Azure, and add that to the configuration and commit it, and then the service will be deployed there. So I can also deploy uh, using the console um, applications on different clouds, just using the console here. And then we also have a lot of uh, policies. So this is uh, using a gatekeeper in the back and that's been a real pain in the ass for us because you need to eat your own dog food, right? So all, all the applications that we run also comply to the policies. And that made it really, uh, really difficult to set up. So here you can uh, enable um, uh, a lot of policies or change uh, uh, policies. But if you say, well, I don't want to use the policies, then you can, for now, you need to go to the values and to the charts and say gatekeeper operator, and then just uh, change this to false and then gatekeeper will be disabled. 
So there's a lot of uh, there's still a lot of uh, configuration in the values that is not exposed uh, to the uh, console, and that's uh, yeah something we will constantly do. So there's uh, uh, adding or enabling applications on the uh, on the console. So when I there's already an option a configuration option, so you can say hey Harbor is installed now, but just click on it and say oh um, uh, disable it and then it's gone. And yeah, we also have the secrets uh, that you can uh, create, but then you need to reference towards the, um, uh, the secret in Vault, which I cannot show because I'm using staging certificates. Oh, I thought you were going to say because it's a secret. No, you can. So when you create a team, uh, the team will get access to a, a space specifically for that team in Vault where they can create the, and manage their secrets. And when you create a secret in Vault, you can map that secret in Vault to uh, the Otomi configuration. So then you can Otomi, you can create a secret, uh, like a generic or a Docker registry and, or a TLS. And then you need to reference to the Vault, the, the secret in Vault. And when you create it in Otomi, and you would uh, like to use it like in a surface, you can say here, uh, where is it? Or on the English configuration, because here you say, hey, I already have a uh, certificate. So suppose I added a TLS secret to Vault, mapped it uh, uh, to, uh, to a secret in Otomi, then I could have selected it here and uh, configured it uh, on the Ingress. Well, that's about it. Yeah, I can. Go. I mean, that's quite. That's quite. That's quite a bit. On and <laughs> on. Yeah, no, I'm sure you can go on. Um, I think it's all about the, It's all about the, the the way that the platform works. Eh? So there's a console, and the console uses an API to, gener to generate code. That code is then written into Git, in the as I showed you here, and then uh, committed and injected into the whole bunch of uh, optimized charts we're using, then you'll get a new uh, new state. So it's completely, yeah, it's a kind of GitOps way of working, yeah? but uh, you don't need to set up any tooling. The only thing is you need to do is install Otomi with a single chart and you, you get all of this out of the box. Yeah, and I think uh, from what the we see in the comments, like that's really nice. And it's not often, uh, you know, we've done 82, you know, 82, 83 live streams and it's not often to see an interface that's so... <laughs> user-friendly, like looks like something that, you know, you could be using Trello or lots of other interfaces that we're commonly used to. And so that, that sign of comfort that Kubernetes is becoming manageable, I think is really positive. And one of the things that was uh, kind of being mentioned in, in the chat, but I also want to bring up here is that a lot of this stuff has to be kind of based on empathy, you know, and understanding pain points. And you particularly, you talked about devs, but also SREs. And I kind of want to touch more on SREs. How did you come to the conclusions that you came to in order to create this? Like, was it, did you do surveys with SREs or, you know, talking to them and seeing like, hey, what are the difficulties that you have when approaching Kubernetes? What would simplify things? How did you go about doing that? Well, this is all based on uh, our own experience. Uh, so uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I already, uh, when, when I worked as a freelance consultant, I was hired by a company and I worked like a year trying to build some kind of platform uh, on Kubernetes uh, in, in AWS um, uh, in the time. And then, uh, uh, yeah, after a year, I think we were not, uh, we, we didn't even have like 10% we're offering here. Yeah, so you can imagine that uh, the amount of time you need to spend on, on building something like this uh, for your own company. So that means that you'll need at least uh, like a 10 experienced engineers working a whole year to trying to build something like this. If they have like with the skills that you need to build something like this. Yeah. So you can imagine. And, and then you have a budget. You're like, oh, not a problem. I yeah. can spend all that. <laughs> you're like, go right ahead. Like, it's not yeah, a problem. Yeah, so there, there are companies who have uh, money like water uh, and they don't care. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're already spending like a million plus on trying to build something. And now we are offering this for free. But it's gratis. Yeah. Gratis, yes. 
but it's it's um, yeah it, it started out uh, by with the idea of uh, yeah now I've, I've built something I've been working on it for a year uh, and we needed to hand it over the the team that took over didn't really understand everything I think uh, it's now like four years later that the platform doesn't exist anymore because mm-hmm. they didn't have the, the skills and the people to 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 optimize and maintain it um, uh, and um, then we thought yeah what the hell, what, why am I spending so much time and everybody's trying to do something like this, that this is just a waste of time. So yeah. if we can uh, grab everything we have done for the last couple of years and then lock ourselves up for a long time and come up with this that everybody can use, nobody needs to spend a lot of time. And you probably will uh, uh, hear a lot of people say, yeah, but I wanna do this and I have special use cases. What I tried to, to show you is that we're just providing you with a base uh, a profile that you can adjust and optimize uh, for your own situation. But you will have uh, like a working uh, product uh, out of the box. So you can, I, well, the install takes like a half an hour because, yeah, it's containers on, on cocaine. Uh, in the back, there's a lot of uh, containers being deployed. Um, but then you can just log in and, and start working with it. Yeah, and optimize and adjust and fine tune your configuration. And it's directly stored in code. Yeah, so, you, uh, you, so that's why it's like an ideal uh, platform for or solution for SREs, because it is built for SREs. Yeah, because yeah. they can uh, see stuff happening, say, hey, we need to adjust this, uh, fine tune the configuration, do it in the code, uh, submit it, and it's done. And I think I think that's it's interesting, you know, built by SREs for SREs. You know, people that have gone through those same problems who really understand it, and not just someone coming from outside thinking, "Oh, this might be a nice idea." Having that firsthand experience, I think, is always you know worth its weight in gold. And getting a comment here in the chat from our wonderful SRE friend uh, Benoit, Automy uh, sets this development teams up for success, allowing them to focus on their application. Uh, basically, Automy eliminates toil. And Automy was built uh, built on the toil removal philosophy of SRE. So wow, that's a yeah. And was a really nice guy. That's a really that's I think it's a really solid assessment in a very short you know very brief way of looking at it of what it's bringing to the table. So what are the next steps? Um, gonna let everybody know about this. Gonna let people come in and test it out. What what's what's next for for Red Cubes as well as Automy? Yeah, well, uh, we already start thinking about the, the real enterprise features, but uh, no, the, the focus for now is just uh, getting this out eh? so uh, and uh, grow our user base. Because eh? as I said, we've been li- living in our bubble eh? with a couple of uh, launching customers. Mm-hmm. And now we want to just uh, let everybody try this and um, uh, and let, the, let us know uh, so we can learn from that and optimize. But uh, it would be great, of course, if there are other people who, who, who understand the whole philosophy uh, behind this, but also the whole code base, because it's really complex yeah. Yeah, and, and would um, uh, yeah, be able to, to uh, contribute. Because yeah, we're just a team of uh, well, uh, 12 people now. Yeah. Uh, and so all the, the help we can uh, get will be very welcome. I think you're going to get it because as just seeing the response here from from the folks in the chat like it's been very very positive to see um the 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 approach and and all the different things that you've kept in mind about this has been difficult this has been difficult how can we put this all in in one place and like you said really it's something that gets repeated a lot but it really is right out of the box like it's you know directly you know you just jump right in and you're using it with everything organized in the way that needs to be yeah no go ahead i want to say one thing because um uh, I don't know how many projects there are now, but I think like a 1,200 huh? like open source um, uh, projects around uh, Kubernetes. And so you can spend like weeks or months uh, trying to select uh, the tools you want to use. But when you do, uh, they need to cooperate. Yeah? You need to integrate them. So what we did is uh, for the single sign-on, for instance, uh, all the applications that, were, uh, in- that we have integrated are single sign-on. So I can log in as Sander. And all the applications I use know who I am and what I'm allowed to do. And that is like the real difficulty because all of these projects all have their own um, uh, philosophy and their own uh, uh, stuff they're using for like for uh, single sign on. eh? Um, And there's no standard. 
So how great would it be that this could be some kind of standard forcing also all of those projects to comply to a set of standards so that the integrating them and letting them all work together becomes much easier instead of everybody trying Having to go one by one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. And so the amount of time that's spent on that, and then once again, the amount of money and the amount of expertise the company was need, the companies need in order for, like you said, like, well, if you have a, a team of 10 super experienced SREs, well then go and you have an unlimited budget, go right ahead. But that's simply not the case for, I think probably just about anybody. And then like you said as well too, one thing is creating it. Another thing is optimizing and maintaining it and people change jobs, things like that happen. Yeah. Um, so that's certainly not ideal for companies. Anyway, very, very informative. I'm, we've been talking about doing this for a while, so I'm glad we finally got to do it. Very exciting to see what's going to be happening in the next steps. I have no doubt that people are going to want to get in on this and very excited that we're hearing about this in the initial phases to see how things are going to progress in the near future. Before we finish, um, oh, I just want to say one thing. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And, of course. Uh, um, and star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. That's it. I mean, like, that, that's really it. the best way to get involved is to get involved. But before we finish, um, we have a tradition where as you were speaking, uh, let me know when you can see my screen. Yeah, I can see it. Good. So we had our amazing graphic recorder, Angel, who was drawing a, an artistic depiction of the things that you were talking about. I'm and he's so here. good that he even got the word gratis in there. Um, and he's, <laughs> he, he, is, he speaks Spanish is one of his first languages. So he's, he's, he's very well uh, aware of the debate between that. But I, I think it was a very, very nice presentation. And it's really cool for us to be, in, uh, like I said, to have access to something like this as it's starting out. Um, particularly with making this jump to you know everything being for free, getting lots of folks in there and seeing what uh, the contributions are gonna are gonna add in terms of the value proposition of of Botomy. So thank you very much, Sander. Very nice having you here with us today. Sure, we'll be having you back soon. And everybody, get out there and try this. You couldn't have an easier you know thing to get a hold of and start using. Um, so looking forward to, to hear what other people have to say about it. And we'll be in touch, man. So have a good one. Cheers. Great, great drawing. Thank you. Great. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> have a good I one. Have, I do have more hair. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Angel, you, we may have to touch that up. We may have to touch that up. Okay. It's, it's, it's the lighting. It's all right.